Good morning. The Dubai Financial Services Authority, DFSA, recently issued a consultation paper on the regulation of security tokens in the DIFC. This paper was one of the two consultation papers that will go on to make the base for the DIFC digital assets regime, thus opening the gateway to a whole new world of exciting and cutting-edge fintech applications using the distributed ledger technology, DLT. The DFSA then made the relevant amendments to its legislation in the end of September last year, thus creating the framework for the regulation of security tokens in the center. Part 1 of the DIFC digital assets regime covers security tokens. Part 2 is expected to cover utility tokens, exchange tokens, and stable coins. The DIFC digital assets regime will be of interest to issuers of security tokens, authorized market institutions that wish to admit security tokens to trading, or performing clearing and settlement services, operators of alternate trading systems such as multilateral trading facilities, MTF, and organized trading facilities, OTF, that wish to trade security tokens, providers of digital wallets who provide custody and storage services for such tokens, technology providers and in general, any licensed firm that wishes to advise, arrange or manage crypto assets. This podcast focuses on the licensing of alternative trading systems in the DEFC, and we will have a lot more in the blockchain and crypto space that will be released in the days to come. So stay tuned. Let's begin with understanding what the DIFC considers to be a token, or a crypto asset. The DFSA defines a token as a digital representation of value, rights and obligations that are created, stored and transferred electronically, using distributed ledger technology, DLT, or similar technology. Generally, crypto assets depend on cryptography and distributed ledger as part of their perceived or inherent value. They are created, stored and transferred using a DLT application, using 1. An address 2. A public key corresponding to that address, and 3. A private key, also corresponding to that address. So, what does the DFSA consider a security token? A security token is defined as a token that confers rights and obligations that are i. The same as those conferred by a share, debenture or futures contract, investments, or 2. Substantially similar in nature, purpose or effect, to those conferred by investments. In effect, a security token is a token that behaves as a security, equity, debenture, convertible, future, option etc., and is hence considered by the DFSA as a specified investment. Okay, so what is a security? The DFSA has a list of instruments that they consider a security. In general, a transaction is considered a security if a. There is an investment of money, b. There is an expectation of profit, c. The investment of money is in a common enterprise and d. Any profit comes from the efforts of a promoter or third party. This is also commonly known as the Howey test. How would the DFSA determine whether a particular security token is an investment or not? Well, the DFSA aims to take a hybrid approach, where they will make their own assessment of whether the proposed token is a security token, based on a self-assessment submitted by the applicant. And what about exchange tokens, utility tokens, payment tokens, stable coins and other types of tokens? The DFSA currently regulates only security tokens, with additional regulatory guidance for other types of tokens expected in a few months. Until then, other types of tokens will not be considered for the purpose of regulation. Now, coming to the trading of security tokens. The DFSA has an existing framework for the authorization and regulation of exchanges, alternate trading systems and clearing houses. Under the Regulation for Conventional Securities, exchanges are licensed as Authorized Market Institutions, AMI, and MTFs and OTFs are licensed as Alternate Trading Systems. 
Accordingly, the DFSA now permits such institutions to perform the same activities for security tokens as well. However, privacy tokens and anonymous trading will not be allowed. In cases where the facility is exclusively dedicated to trading only in security tokens, it would be labeled a security token market, or derivative token market, or investment token clearinghouse etc. There will be additional requirements applicable to such facilities, mainly comprising KYC and technology-related compliances. What are the kinds of platforms used for trading and settlement of security tokens? There usually exist three major types of platforms for trading of tokens. 1. Centralized platforms, the platform takes control of clients' tokens by holding their private keys in a single distributed ledger account under their own private key, with trading transactions recorded on-chain. However, matching of the orders, the execution of the orders, and the corresponding transfer of the ownership of the token, is typically recorded in the books of the platform, or off-chain. Such platforms use permissioned access, with some market participants having full access, full node clients, while others would be give limited access, lightweight clients. 2. DEX. These are fully decentralized platforms, open access, and solely based on smart contracts with self-execution. Investors usually control their tokens, and trading settlement occurs on-chain, using atomic swaps. Such platforms can only do virtual-to-virtual transactions, with fiat-to-virtual and vice versa being affected through conventional exchanges. The DFSA will not license DEXs as of now. 3. Hybrid These platforms use a combination of centralization and DLT in varying degrees. Clearing and settlement will be by gross settlement models, where instructions are directly settled in the account of the relevant customer-slash-client, or where the operator of the facility takes control of the client's security tokens by holding the client's private keys on their behalf or keeping client's assets in a single DLT address under the platform operator's own private key. Fully automated clearing and settlement models will not be allowed as of now. By the way, what is an alternative trading system? An ATS is a platform that is more loosely regulated than an exchange. It is used to match large orders mainly from institutional clients, and hence work as broker-dealers rather than exchange houses. They are also referred to as multilateral trading facilities in Europe. The DFSA recognizes two types of ATS platforms, multilateral trading facilities that operate on non-discretionary rules, and organized trading facilities that operate on discretionary rules. MTF operators allow for trading of a wide variety of equity and non-equity securities, including shares, warrants, options, derivatives, futures, CFDs, fund units and crypto assets. Contracts between buyers and sellers are formed according to a set of transparent rules that do not discriminate between members or their clients, non-discretionary basis. Organized trading facilities on the other hand, are facilities where contracts for the exchange of non-equities such as bonds, structured finance products, emission allowances or derivatives are formed, on a discretionary basis. An MTF is usually operated by a regulated investment firm or an operator, whereas an OTF can only be operated by a regulated investment firm. So why are alternate trading systems of interest in the DIFC? While the DIFC has provisions for ATS facilities, there are none registered at present. This is set to change however, with the introduction of the DIFC digital assets regime. It is expected that there will be interest from ATS operators to register and get regulated in the center, primarily to engage in security token offers and secondary trading of crypto assets. The DFSA will apply the existing requirements for market operators and focus on the following areas for trading of security tokens, among others. 1. Information technology. 2. Independent technology audits. 
3. Direct access to facilities. 4. Investment criteria to admit security tokens for trading and clearing. 5. Business and operating rules. And 6. Digital wallets providing custodial services. Now, on to regulatory approvals. Firms interested in carrying out financial services from the DIFC are required to submit applications to the Dubai Financial Services Authority, or DFSA. The type of business that the applicant wishes to engage in defines the category of license that is required. For example, a firm undertaking low-risk activities such as advising or arranging will require a Category 4 license, while a discretionary portfolio manager will require a Category 3C license. A STP broker, dealing on a matched principal basis will require a Category 3A license, whereas a market maker or provider of credit provider will require a Category 2 license. Full-fledged banks, that accept deposits, will come under a Category 1 license. A common misinterpretation is that a firm applies for ADIFC Category 3C or a Category 4 license. As described above, the activity defines the category, i.e. a company that wishes to engage in asset management, advisory and arranging activities falls in the Category 3C, by virtue of the highest activity of managing assets, even though advisory activities fall in Category 4. ATS operators will have to apply for the activity of operating an alternative trading system which comes under the Category 4 licensed activities. The DFSA expects that the ATS operator have transparent and non-discriminatory rules and procedures to ensure fair and orderly trading of investments, and objective criteria governing access to its facility. The regulator also requires the ATS operator to have objective and transparent criteria for admitting securities that will be traded on the platform, adequate technology resources and procedures for proper market conduct. An ATS operator may only trade investments that reference to an underlying benchmark or index provided by a price information provider, which is usually a price reporting agency or an index provider like Refinitiv. The ATS operator is also required to provide adequate pre-trade and post-trade transparency to its market participants. Since an ATS operator is not authorized to provide clearing and settlement services, it will have to make arrangements for clearing and settling trades from an existing clearing house in the DIFC, NASDAQ Dubai is the only such institution at present. ATS operators that allow primary listing and secondary trading of security tokens will have to ensure that the DLT applications used by the facility operate on permissioned access. Privacy tokens and anonymous trading are not allowed. The DFSA would be interested in reviewing the criteria for market participants who access and update records on the platform, network security and ongoing compliances. They would also review the IT design of the DLT implementation adopted by the facility that trades security tokens, and whether it is able to address how the rights and obligations relating to the tokens are properly discharged. Technology governance mechanisms would also be reviewed, including IT architecture, storage and transmission of data, procedures to address soft and hard forks, cybersecurity measures, decision-making protocols and interfaces with providers of digital wallets. A comprehensive IT audit, Conducted by an independent third-party IT expert would be required to be submitted to the DFSA annually. A bit on the capital requirements. The category of license will determine the amount of capital required. The base capital requirement for a Category 4 firm is $10,000. This rises to $500,000 for a Category 3 firm, $2 million for a Category 2 firm and $10 million for a Category 1 firm. Capital waivers may be available to the DIFC branch of a regulated financial institution having its head office in a recognized regulatory jurisdiction. Actually, there are three components of capital, base capital, 
risk-based capital and expense-based capital. The higher of the three is set to be the capital requirement. These figures are calculated using the financial models that we make for the regulatory business plan during the application process, and so are mostly unique to the company that applies for the license. The figures given above are for base capital only, and actual capital may vary depending on the business model and the associated expenses and risks. In general, for ATS operators that hold client assets, 1850 seconds the projected annual expenses of the firm. So how much does this all cost? Good question. The DFSA charges ATS applicants an application fee of 150,000 US dollars and an annual license fee of 100,000 US dollars. ATS operators who allow direct access have to pay an additional 10,000 US dollars per annum. Retail endorsements will attract a one-time fee of 20,000 US dollars. The DIFC charges 20,000 US dollars in license and registration fees in year 1 and 12,000 US dollars subsequently. In addition to this, firms will have to take up office space in the center, and costs start from 40,000 US dollars per annum. We at 10 Leaves offer turnkey services for blockchain-related projects, including regulatory authorizations, tokenization solutions and listing of security tokens. We also have options of paying in crypto. Thank you for listening, and do get in touch with us by writing in to us at connect at 10 Do also visit our website at www.10leaves.ae. And there is one more thing. We are building a comprehensive resource platform for all things blockchain. Do visit decentral.ae and tell us what you think. Have a great day.